Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I'm your host, songwriter Matt Tarka. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way, as an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today is one Derek Avery. Derek is a singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. He is originally from Newport Beach, California, but grew up in Woodbridge, Virginia, and lived in Arlington, Virginia from 2008 to 2016, and currently lives in Reston, Virginia. Derek began his music career at age 11 in the Washington Opera Company at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. back in 1997. Derek went on to front several successful rock bands in the D.C. area from 1999 to 2006 before briefly attending the Berklee College of Music in Boston, Massachusetts and returning to D.C. to work on his own music. Derek has had music featured on several episodes of the ABC crime drama Castle, starring Stan Akatic and Nathan Fillion, back in 2010 and 2012. Derek Avery and his band of misanthropes performed to a full house at DC's legendary 930 Club back in 2015. Derek's released several solo albums, as well as producing and performing on various other albums for Various other musicians, including Rachel Levitin, Kathy DeToro, Carolyn Crisdale, Tom Goss, and Alex Perez. Derek continues to perform with his many projects, most recently in Las Vegas at the Punk Rock Bowling 2019 Music Festival with his punk band, The Split Seconds. Derek regularly performs and teaches bass, guitar, ukulele, piano, synthesizer, as well as voice. Uh, we asked Derek what he's currently working on, what's inspiring him at the moment, and uh, uh, at this very moment in time, he is writing new music for a solo project and working on videos for a YouTube channel. I personally always look forward to Derek's creative output, and we'll be sure to place a few links here in the show notes. In terms of favorite sports or activities, simply put, Derek prefers chilling. We appreciate your candor and succinctness there, sir. Does Derek have any pet peeves, any favorite foods? You might be wondering. Well, his cats are his pet peeves. He loves vegan food, particularly General Sal's anything, broccoli, as well as falafel. So for our conversation today, Derek and I discussed the Get Up Kids' 2004 full-length record titled Guilt Show. Guilt Show was recorded uh, at Black Lodge Studios, uh, Matt Pryor's house, as well as Rob Pope's basement will be learning more about Matt Pryor and Rob Pope and just a little bit later. Guild Show was produced and mixed by Ed Rose and mastered by Mike Fonsenkepper. Were there any guest performers on the album along with the band? You will uh, be happy to note that Jason Russell of Hot Rod Circuit provides some vocals on uh, the lead track on the record titled Man of Conviction. Uh, this was the Get Up Kids' fourth studio record and their last for the label Vagrant Records. And here's where we're going to cut in here because Derek and I have to, we learned about a series of announcements that happened after we recorded our conversation. So um, Derek, we learned that uh, keyboardist James DeWeese is no longer a member of the Get Up Kids. <gasps> That's yes. true. That's that is true. true. By That's the way, true. hi, I'm, I'm here. We, hi, yes. Derek. Hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. Yeah. Yeah. I've been yeah. trying to be really quiet this whole time. Yeah, welcome welcome to the welcome Ooh. to the show here. Yeah. Hello. 
Yeah, I've been I've been waiting I've been waiting seven. for you to get through saying words before I have a sip of yes. coffee in the microphone. And yes, now that uh, I feel like I feel like we did this last time too. I think this is literally what I did. I was like, oh, I'm really quiet, but I'm so thirsty. So anyway. yeah, right, right. So yeah, we've we've this had a not couple a of developments that have happened. Yeah. <clears throat> so so James Deweese. Um, yes, James you know, Deweese. It's very unclear as to you know why he you know left the group, but here we are. Yeah, the, Get Up so Kids, the Get Up Kids is now a, a quartet again. Wake up in the morning to an Instagram from on the Get Up Kids account that just says James Deweese is no longer in the Get Up Kids. Yeah, Comments people. turned off. <laughs> like yeah, period. Just, here it is. <laughs> News flash. Good day. Like okay. <laughs> uh, what? A major wake-up call since they, they uh, yeah, they announced a major fall tour, a pretty extensive one at that, and they 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 dropped this you know this little crater on us. I would love to speculate about like who said what to who and who slept with who and who got drunk at who and who punched who in the balls, but I I don't know what happened, and and it sucks because he's great and it, you know they can get a replacement, but. It won't be the same, and mm-hmm. I don't know if they should, honestly. Like, and it's whatever, but like, I don't know. It's not another, another chapter in the novel yeah. of the band. Yeah, oh boy, oh boy, yeah. Uh, Derek, you also, you know, have some news too yeah. from from you know just from a from a personal just musical. It was weird. This point is all weird. Yeah. Um. So that day, I woke up was the day after I had to quit. Uh, my punk band, um, me and me and our drummer Sean quit the Split Seconds, uh, like pretty recently, and it's it's weird. And again, like I can't tell you who said what to who, and who got drunk at who, and who punched who in the balls. Actually, none of that happened. Um, but uh, short story, sometimes people don't see eye to eye, and when you know there's a difference between getting getting a bunch of people together to play music for fun and starting a business to sustain your life and support yourself and when you're talking about two totally different things like when you're trying to do one thing but everyone else is trying to do another thing like there's gonna be a difference and i'm not gonna say who does what i'm not gonna say who's responsible because it doesn't matter and it's you know it sucks and we worked really hard and and uh it's easy to get caught up in the concept of like we did all this work and we got really good and now it's over but it's like we also worked really hard which is great played a lot of great music which is great (laughs) uh had a lot of fun shows which is great and it's like any other band breaking up or any other relationship ending like yeah, there's bad stuff, but don't focus on that dumb shit. Like that's not the point. The point of life is not to accumulate bad stuff. The point of life is to accumulate good experiences. And I had a lot of good experiences uh, in the split seconds over the last year. And I will continue to have a lot of great experiences in my own music career moving forward. So that's the bottom line. And I uh, wish nothing but the best to the rest of the boys. And uh, same goes for the get up kids. Uh, James, I hope you're okay. Matt, I hope you're okay. The rest of you, I'm sure you're okay. 
yeah. and I'm pretty sure it's just between James and Matt. He's <laughs> yeah. probably right. <laughs> oh boy, I could be wrong. I could yeah. be totally wrong. Maybe it's maybe it's not. Maybe James just got tired of it and just wants to yeah settle down, oh, catch that's... fish, and 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 sail off in a raft. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever start a do. start a farm. Start a farm. It's yeah. it's it's tough, man. It's tough to sustain any sense of normalcy in in a in a music career in an artistic career it's it's really tough so you know i i don't i don't when i see things like that happen you know someone quits saves the day or someone quits the 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 foo fighters or someone quits the cold play or i don't know kings of leon loses a drummer something yes. you know okay uh, that sucks <laughs> but yeah Good luck, you know, keep playing. Mm-hmm. There will be other things, you know, at, at, at a certain point, a band becomes, I feel like you and I have talked about this possibly recently. Uh, when you're starting out in a band, the the whole drive is to get somewhere, is to get to a place where you can do this for a living. And when you do get to that place, then you cross a threshold and things are different. Like all of a sudden you have power you didn't have, you have options you didn't have, you have avenues you didn't have. And uh, these opportunities come to you and you don't often make the right decision. And it's hard to tell what is the right decision. And you've got all kinds of new people and new influences like in your ear all the time telling you, the right decisions to make with your stuff and, and there's the no right instructional manual in the music industry. Right. It's just a bunch of, it's just a bunch of people trying to, to go after a dream. It's and, 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 and the, and the reality of the situation is if you get there, there's a lot of money to be made, which means there's a lot of assholes trying to get there. <laughs> Cause there's nothing that attracts those people more than making a bunch of money. Um, and when you're someone like, like me, I'm not money driven. I'm just like, I just have to do this. This is all I do. Like, I just need to play music. So when I want to get there, it, it looks different for me, but regardless, like you get there and it's this, it's, there's this, it's just an intense amount of pressure and you're, you're, you're thrown into this situation that you, you aren't prepared for no matter who you are. And some people do really well. And, and more often than not, those are the people who, make sacrifices that other people can't make like family and friends and like, yeah, you know, those, those Real sort life. of, yeah. Yeah. An actual life. And, and, and the end result is this strange melancholy existence where you're idolized by millions, but you're so alone and literally no one else can relate to you, but other people in your position. and. You 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 kind of propel yourself to a to a unique place. I feel like that's why they're called stars because they're stuck in the, in this space where they're they're everyone can look up and see them, but individually they're so alone. Mm. If you look at them on the on the on an actual level, they're so far apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stars. <laughs> So anyway, um, we, we're, that's, getting, that's, we're getting heavy here. <laughs> so it was, yeah. What was in this coffee? Is ayahuasca yes. coffee? What's going on? Mm. <laughs> From Colombia. Anyway, well, th- I don't know th- 
thank you for sharing this update about the yes. split seconds. Thank and you for letting it's, me it's, come, it's re- come all the way to, to your house again <sighs> to sit down in your closet where you, where you tie us to chairs and make us talk about records for hours. <laughs> I just I, I I ask that you drink the truth serum at all at all possible. The truth serum costs. tastes like poison. <laughs> <laughs> but but in all seriousness, I'm 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 really sorry about the circumstances around Thank the split you. seconds. That just that's yeah. that just sucks. It's, you know, it was. I won't sugarcoat it. It's it's just a a really just. It's, it sucks. It's yeah. a bad situation. It caught yeah. it caught it caught it caught us kind of off guard, and it wasn't something that we were planning to do. It was just. It, I mean, like I feel like at the end of the day, it was. It just seemed like it was getting. It was heading in that direction, and 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 we were just like a lot of us were just like this isn't like when you see the train heading for derailment, it's like you can jump off, like. <laughs> This it's it's only moving as fast as it feels like it's moving to you. And anxiety is real, but if you understand that it's also fake, it the train moves a lot slower and you can just get off of it. Like <laughs> Right. <laughs> just just peel away those layers and just be like, oh, I don't have to do this anymore. Uh, this that's easy. Like <laughs> Yeah. You know, people ask me how I quit smoking. I literally was just like, if I didn't stop smoking, I wouldn't be able to sing. And so it wasn't a decision; it was a survival instinct. <laughs> um, so there was almost no decision. It was just like you're gonna lose your voice. Oh, okay, I'll stop, and I just stopped. <laughs> that was it. It wasn't right. like hard. I wasn't like, oh god, I just really want to smoke. It's like, no, I want to sing. <laughs> I'm good. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. want my voice back. And then it came back, and then I was like, done. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's not when you when you when you come out of a thing like that, like coming out of the other side of that weird, like kind of a health scare where it's like you literally could like lose your voice. It's like, why am I choosing to berate my my body with this toxic blech, all the time? Like, it's a choice. Everything you do is a choice. <laughs> you're oh, born. You're you're born to rock. Born to you're rock. Born to, you're born to sing. Born to sing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you All so right. much, Matt. I, I really appreciate you letting me come back and talk. And thank you for uh, letting me record this weird sort of cut into the episode. And I hope uh, you're going to put this in uh, before the actual in- interview, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's a plan. Thanks for listening. So without further ado, let's get to know Derek Every and the Get Up Kids' album known as Guilt Show. Derek. Thanks so much for being here on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. What's up? Not much, man. Feeling good. Good. It's good to feel. Yeah. Good. yeah. Let's. Feel, uh, you, feeling, you feeling loose? Feeling ready? I, I'm feeling loose. I'm feeling yeah. good. I'm feeling ready to just jump into this. You know this this record called Guilt Show, which uh, incidentally uh, was a misreading of a flyer, I believe, for a quilt show, <laughs> and. I, I suppose the band just decided to just kind of take one of those letters and throw it away and I mean, change why not, right? Yeah, why not? Why don't we jump into our conversation? What what compelled you to choose the Get Up Kids album, Guilt Show? Um, sev- several things. Uh, I would I would say, uh, and thank you for asking me, and thank you so much for the lovely intro, by the way. Before I get into anything, um, oh, my pleasure. You are You're quite accomplished. The host with 
some of most things. You're you most hmm rhymes with host. Okay, so when I was in high school, <laughs> let's talk about let's have a little let's have a little therapy right now. Let's have a, let's have a powwow. Let's have yeah. some therapy. Um, when I was in high school, I would say I would say I was uh, a little a little bit of of the of an emotional. Uh, teenager, I I would I would say possibly an emo teenager, um, and I listened to I listened to a lot of different music. Like I've I've been an, as you said an, an opera singer uh, since I was a child, and uh, that's about when I stopped because I started a rock band, and it's way more fun to play the rock music. Stay in opera school, kids. But join a band if you drop out. Um, Is there somebody that uh, that that kind of put a guitar in your hand after you? You know, moved that, away from opera. Can that's a weird thing. Uh, I so I met this dude named John in this opera that I did uh, at the Kennedy Center uh, called Pagliacci, uh, which starred uh, one of the three tenors, Mr. Placido Domingo, a very prestigious Uh opera Mm -hmm. singer. And it was directed by uh, the now late great uh, Franco Zeffirelli. Um, So I had uh, a weird experience when I was 10 and 11 working with, those two legends of the business, Franco Zaffarelli, of course, famously directed the 1960s Romeo and Juliet motion picture, mm-hmm. as well as many other operas and plays, and was phenomenal and quite a visionary director. Uh, tragically passed away recently um, at a at a you know very normal elderly age. Lived a very full, amazing life, but. Uh, Yes. Anyway, nonetheless, uh, nonetheless, a har- heartbreaking loss yeah. of uh, an incredible loss to the artistic community. I met this kid named John, uh, who was about my age, and we both wanted to start a band, so we started an acapella group, and because um, it was like the only thing we could do, we could both sing, and we needed more experience. And he got a drum set for Christmas, so I was like there's a really cool kid in, in my uh, class who I sort of looked up to who played guitar. And I knew that he played guitar uh, cause he told us one day that he got a guitar for Christmas and that, and I was like, you play guitar. And he was like, yeah. And he also played cello in the orchestra with me and his name was Ryan. And he, I used to, I used to like idolize this guy. I always thought he was the coolest person um anyway ryan was really really cool and he played guitar so i was like i'm gonna play guitar so i got it i like asked my dad if he had a guitar because he had a like a bunch of old stuff all the time and he was like totally here's one <laughs> like here's an acoustic <laughs> guitar i got it at like a department store it's it's a piece of crap enjoy <laughs> and i was like thanks and t- like he showed me like two chords and then i like taught myself how to play like looking at like tabs online and like watching watching people basically and just where, like, where fingers to, need to be placed and yeah. Yeah. yeah and like just trying to learn as much as i possibly could and i had to figure it out while simultaneously like being 11 <laughs> and and like having a full school life and being an orchestra which was weird and uh but i kind of simultaneously was like learning that while doing bass in orchestra so it worked out 
Um, but anyway, I got a guitar so I could be like Ryan and, uh, Ryan inevitably ended up joining that band that I started with John, who was no longer in that band by the time Ryan had joined. And, uh, it was, it was a really weird thing. And fast forward from like (laughs) 1999 to today. And like this past January, I was his best man on his wedding. Like, Oh, wow. Um, and he's and he is my best friend and has been my best friend since middle school, basically. Uh, early inspiration. Um, theoret- theoretically, high school, but like we really started to like each other around like middle school when we both learned that we played guitar. Yeah. Well, this uh, is so. Yeah. Well, this is a very uh, guitar-driven album, you know. And in, in, in oh my very, god, in yeah. Various, in various sec- you know, various sections. We are talking to Derek Every right now on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, and uh, we've decided to uh, discuss Guilt Show, which was a 2004 effort by a band from Kansas called the Get Up Kids. So the album came out in 2004. Derek, you know, what what might have been racing through your head at this period of time when, uh, you know, when this record was happening, when it was kind so, of in the public consciousness out there for, for consumption. So, so as I had stated previously, let me take you back to high school. Um, this album came out, uh, I, I believe it was March, uh, second. Yes. Yes. March 2nd of 2004. The only reason I know that is because my birthday is March 5th. I will drop a PO box in the description so you can send me gifts, everybody. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Don't. Uh, but, uh, basically I got a new get up kids album for my birthday. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's really, it's really interesting because I fell in love with the get up kids after seeing them open for Weezer, like a few years prior to that, a few years, Matt, prior to that. Mm. Um, and, (laughs) uh, like I, I had heard songs off of something to write home about. And had been like, yeah, this is a cool band. And like during during the the like Napster days, like every I think everybody in in my grade had a, a copy of uh, the song Mass Pike mm-hmm. for some for some reason because it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I I was hooked on the band like because they were so catchy and they did a really cool cover of that cure song um close close to me i believe close to me. Yeah. yeah really good cover mm-hmm. solid cover and uh you know and i and i i had seen them open for weezer and and they played with ozma i believe at that show which was really cool and um totally fell in love after seeing them and they were they were just wicked awesome and that was around the on a wire days so like it was a pretty eclectic set but for the most part they were rocking the something to write home about pretty hard um yeah, for our listeners something to write home about i believe came out in 1999 and on a wire was sort of what circa 2002 2002? 2003 yeah 2002 okay um so so the real quick just a quick history of my 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 experience with the get up kids they they were a band that came out with you know a really cool indie record and uh toured with a lot of cool indie bands and like they were they were really like tight with all those like up and coming like emo and hardcore groups back in like the the early uh the early days like the the early 2000s late 90s early 2000s 
And so they were totally on my radar because that was my that was just my jam all the time. Just like if it was sad and 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 punky, I was into it. <laughs> um and uh I I picked up something to write home about because a friend of mine was like, this is the best. And I was like, all right, you know, and uh fell in love with like, you know, a few of those like like red letter day and uh um oh god what's the uh the memory lapse that is my 30s um you know what i'm talking about yeah, like valentine out of valentine reach. Out, of reach. out of reach out of reach uh-huh yeah you know all those sad ones and and then i got into on a wire um because it 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 had you know it was like new get up kids and i was like oh my god this is amazing yeah um i can't i can't believe they have you know a new album and i and i saw them on conan and they played uh stay gone i love that song on a wire it's such a good song underappreciated yeah so good um and i was like i'm getting this record like can't wait (laughs) and then i picked it up and the first song overdue kind of threw me for a loop because i was expecting like something right home about opens with holiday yeah (laughs) yeah you know it's like this is not that this is yeah you go from that screech screeching up the neck to sort of this campfire kind of chilled Mm-hmm. and 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 like a little meandering like kind of seemed a little like more dis disassociated than mm-hmm. the other records because they were going through some stuff they were they had they had crazy success yeah <laughs> like yeah and of course they did so you know that record was definitely a lot more like subdued and wasn't what anyone was expecting and i and and a lot of get up kids fans we're like, thanks. Bye. And it, and you know, I was sort of on the fence at that point and was like, do I like this band anymore? Do, are they doing this more artistic direction? Like, you know, first green day comes out with warning and now it's like, <laughs> yes, you know, and then Lena, you know, little that I know American idiot would come out and, yeah. and just ruin my life. Uh, <laughs> In, yeah, a, in a good know, way and a bad way. It's it's interesting that cigarettes and Valentines never saw the light of day because otherwise, you know, to to just keep going on this, you know, miniature non sequitur about Green Day, we may have never seen American Idiot. And some of those songs, you know, came out a little bit later on a live record. Mm-hmm. But you know, the uh, the the onus for you know starting from scratch and you know really digging into what was happening in the political climate at that period of time. I mean, yeah, who who knows. Who knows? They might have right. continued to try to, you know, come up with an answer to warning. I, that's well, that's kind of why I give American Idiot the credit that it deserves. Because it it was well thought out and they executed it expertly and they're and they had like some of the best live shows at that point. Oh my gosh, yes. They were they like they really they really took over in a way that like I, as a fan, as a lifelong fan yeah. is like, this is the best. You guys are on top of the world. You can't do any better than this. And they didn't. I was, I was, <laughs> so, I was flabbergasted on that American idiot tour. They were, I believe going out with Jimmy Eat world at the time and Jimmy Eat world yeah. may have been between records and they played a lot of things off of clarity and they really hammered home some of the deeper cuts off of bleed American. And it just, yes. yeah. 
I was, that was just an outrageously great show. That was, I think that was in, in Columbia, Maryland at, at uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion for anybody that's keeping score on the American Idiot Tour. But that's, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, what, a, what a stacked twin bill that was. Um, Jimmy Eat World went on tour with Green Day uh, at, during the Pop Disaster Tour for, um, I think that was in 2002 when they did, when it was Green Day and Blink-182. Um, and uh, it was Green Day, Blink-182 and Jimmy Eat World opened with the exception of a few dates where saves the day filled in. Okay. And when, when they played in DC, I got to see saves the day and I was a little bummed because I had seen Jimmy Eat world at the warp tour, like the year, maybe two years before that, I think at two, like warp tour 2000, which is kind of when I discovered them. And I was like, well, I've already seen them. So I hope it's saves the day, but I didn't know that it was going to be them because the ticket just said green day, Blink 182. <laughs> and, it was it was before the internet was the internet obviously this was 2002 mm-hmm. um i'm pretty sure i had to order my ticket on a 1-800 number i'm just kidding uh or, or go to but, the, or go to a department store and go to, a, go to like a like a macy's and, yeah, yeah yeah i remember that but um the box office but yeah, yeah. uh yeah so so i i i went to that show and saves the day was playing and i was like oh this is the best and i love i love this band and and hooray and and i never got another opportunity to see jimmy Eat world until i saw them at 9 30 club mm-hmm. uh but um i digress what a great yeah. band what a great bunch of bands yeah. uh we're, but anyway, we're, we're running the gamut here, you know, as part of our conversation. Yeah. We're uh, we're talking we're all over the map here. We're all over the map. We're talking about Jimmy World. We're talking about Green Day, and uh, we are also talking about the Get Up Kids and their 2004 effort known as Guilt Show. Guilt Show, and we will get into that uh, right now. So, 2002's On a Wire puts me on the fence, and. 2003 uh to 2004 i was in a very serious high school relationship uh and i was a very serious emo kid and i very seriously got dumped five days before my 18th birthday which as an emo kid is the end of your life end of it yes and um i remember it <clears throat> because it was a leap year and my birthday as i stated uh-huh. is march 5th uh-huh. which means five days before that is february 29th and this album came out right in between <laughs> this breakup <laughs> and my birthday so this was all i listened to <laughs> For the next decade, because I was so sad <laughs> about my birthday and the breakup and and my life. <laughs> so, so this is this is why I picked this album because as much as I love something to write home about, and there were some other albums on my list and other bands that I would really have loved to talk about, which I won't list now because of the, I'll just go on the tangent. But uh, I will just say two names, Corner Shop and The Living End. Anyway, I Done. picked this album, even though I love something to write home about, I picked this album because this was in heavy rotation for me. Something to write home about 
was too attached to that relationship for me to enjoy that album anymore. <laughs> and this was like a new something to write home about. Nice. I, I, I completely relate to these experiences that you're talking about with guilt show. It, yes. It's, it's just a, yeah, a confluence of events, a perfect storm. It, it speaks to you, continues to speak to you. It's, and, and- it's, it's, it's a wonderfully crafted record. So they broke up in like 2005 and they did a farewell tour, um, which is the best. Um, and then they got back together for like the 10th anniversary of something to write home about. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, right. And, and then it was like simple science and, yeah. uh, um, there, there, there are, are rules. rules. Yeah. Which seems like and, a big Lebowski reference. Right. 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 Yeah, there, are, you know, there are rules, dude. There are rules. Yeah. This isn't this isn't Vietnam. There are rules. Um, but but they broke up in 2005, which was like that moment where I was like, okay, so they are breaking up. Everyone breaks up. I'm gonna be okay. Like right. I'll just I'll just find the new Amsterdam's to my getup kids. Absolutely. It, yes. It's out there somewhere. She's out there somewhere. Yeah. It's it's fine. And you know what? I eventually did find the new Amsterdam's to my getup kids. And you know what? That relationship didn't work either. And, 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 and then I started another side project and you know what? That side project didn't work. And then I tried to tried to start another band that I was already in before. And that was fine for a little while, but, but then <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> this analogy has gone off the rails and I'm starting to reveal very personal details of my private life. And I have also taken on the voice of a Southern debutante. So I will stop both of those things and let's get back on track we're, and talk about. We're talking to Derek Avery as well as Christopher <laughs> Walken here on the Cover to Cover podcast with Matt Tarka. And oh, no. Yes. So we are talking about Guilt Show, courtesy of the Get Up Kids. And, uh, you know, my question typically is, you know, who is the vocalist or lead singer? But as we both know and as our listeners will, you know, should, you know, hopefully know and appreciate is the Get Up Kids have a two vocalist attack attack dose Dose. double 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 duty double double dudes we've got matt pryor and jim celtic yes sirs yes um two very different voices two very different songwriters um and 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 it's it's i often compare my high school band self-titled we were called self hyphen title this in the myspace days Um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Primo, um, we also had a dot com. We had a dot com. We had a self-titled.com. Oh nice. Um self I believe it was self-titled.com. It no longer is ours. If there is a thing that's not us. Um but uh Ryan was in this band with me and I and I often compared him to to the gym of the band to my Matt Pryor. Um because mm-hmm. I am I am very Matt Pryor. <laughs> like <laughs> it's scary how mad prior i am we've covered we've covered a lot of ground here so far you know we've we've talked about where you discovered the get up kids we've talked about you know where you first heard this particular record of theirs we know it's their fourth offering can we together here can we kind of uh you know for our listeners extrapolate a little bit on the sound of guilt show was do you think it was a radical departure from on a wire we sort of alluded you know that you know on a wire was so, a hodgepodge but 
there that that in a lot of ways kind of split the fan base in some ways for, between Auto yes. Wire and Guilt Show. What are the similarities and differences between those two records? So, I would I would say the the similarities between Auto Wire and Guilt Show are the the maturity in the songwriting, but. I, I would say like the 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 creative leap between something to write home about and guilt show is like obvious. Like something to write home about is really good cookie dough. It's good, mm-hmm. but, it's, but it's but it's dough. Mm-hmm. And and guilt show is just a bunch of just a bunch of cookies, just freshly baked, perfect cookies. Well, well, well matured, perfectly baked on a wire is that weird in between state where it's like, they haven't been in the oven long enough, but it's like, those are, those are, those are sort of cookie. Like I could, I could just, I could eat that now and I would still be satisfied because it would be delicious like a cookie would, but it isn't really a cookie yet. If I just give it 10 more minutes Mm. in the oven, (laughs) then it'll be a cookie, Mm -hmm. you know, like that. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so I'm not even talking about like, if you hate crispy cookies, then this cookie guilt show is, is super gooey. It's, but it's perfectly gooey. And if you hate gooey cookies and you want a crispy cookie, this is the crispiest cookie you've ever tasted. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's, that's the, the, the major difference in, in my mind. It's just on a wire. It was good. It's still, it's still cookie dough. It's still awesome. You still taste like cookies. It's great. Um, It's just not as fully formed as, this album as guilt show is um which is so interesting because like the 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 risks that they took on on a wire were like really risky like like especially following up such a smashy aggressive album like something right home about isn't like hardcore by any stretch of the imagination, but it's got some, some, some grit on them guitars. Mm-hmm. Those are some gnarly, some gnarly tones and some, it opens with pick slides, man, yeah. pick slides and, 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 and Ryan Pope's drumming. Mm-hmm. So good. It is. I can, I can hear it. I can hear it right now. It's, you know, it has teeth. And I think that's, that's the difference between like, that's why on a wire kind of didn't, work for a lot of people is like they wanted the teeth and certain songs had distortion but (laughs) you know the the production is very muted it's very subdued it's it's acoustic there's acoustic guitar on almost every track on that record i'm i'm pretty sure i don't think that there is one that doesn't have at least one a texture of acoustic Mm -hmm. um and that and that was very alienating for those people that wanted the band you know, this is this is me. You know, projecting perhaps, uh, but they wanted that band to keep writing something to write home about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it's really interesting. Like when I saw them on the on their farewell tour, like James said something. Yeah, Deweese. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, on stage to Matt, like some some kind of a jab about like if you don't like it, you can start the new Amsterdam's or something like that. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, there's, there's some real animosity Ouch. happening. <laughs> and I'm like, this is this is because of on a wire. This is just leftover on a wire, on a wire. Yeah. Like, because like Guilt Show, like, 
subject matter wise and we can we can really get into it if if we want And we to. will. Uh, we will. My my question uh for you Derek is you know what are your favorite tracks on Guilt Show? I mean it's when you listen to it back to back it's heavy on the vocal contributions of Matt Pryor. That in itself has to be extremely controversial. I mean where they didn't allow for his con- you know for him to come back and provide contributions towards the record. Right away, like, right away, you know, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Of course. I I feel like some of that is just like scheduling mishaps and like, um, you know, obviously it's like nothing personal, and it's it's just one of those like contractual things where it's like, dude, we got to get this out, we have to do it. The studio time is booked. We got these demos; they're ready to roll. I know you got this life thing going on, you know, that kind of stuff, and like that happens where like you just gotta they like fly it in. They could have waited two I, weeks, I know, three weeks. They could have figured that out. Maybe I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm just, I'm just I mean, projecting. Might, might yeah, I don't know. But but again, like you know, these are these are very at this point in all of their lives, they're very active in in several different projects. Yeah. Blackpool um, Lights, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, and like Kofax. This is this is also like like their studio, right? Like they built this like Black Lodge mm-hmm. uh, for this. A very rad Twin Peaks reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, like, like Black Lodge is like awesome. It's, it's a, this, this is a great sounding record. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the, one of the things that jumped out at me. Uh, we'll we'll talk about favorite songs in a second. Yeah. When I put this on, um, you know, it, it starts like with just this, it's like amp, amp noise Mm -hmm. and and then just like, and then just right into man of man of conviction. Just one, two, not even a count in. Just mm-hmm. words, just words. God damn, and it's not not damn yeah. like 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 blam like god downbeat, and it's just in, and it's it's heavy, and then there's like that subtle like stops for a second and then just right back in ramps up super super hard it's a it's a wicked awesome song um and uh it it, it punches you in the teeth correct also uh featuring mr jason uh russell from uh hot rod circuit Mm -hmm. uh on some vocals uh on that too so right off the bat uh really cool really cool tune and then the one you want is it's just it's 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 the perfect pop song it i don't know how to how to phrase this besides like it makes it makes your bones make sense to you mm-hmm. like when you're listening to it you're just like this feels comfortable and correct mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> um it's 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 got hooks it's got riffs it's got this cool like d to e minor thing i'm a musician so obviously like i know how to play every single one of these songs and like i'm i i love this record not only because of the music theory behind it and the actual work that went into crafting the songs but also just as a as an appreciator of music as just someone who likes to listen this hits you like a wall of sound and it's cushy oh yeah it's it's a very plush record and i ha- i had it on cd and then i bought it on vinyl a couple of years ago and it's on red colored vinyl and it sounds 
really nice. Awesome. Like coming coming on at it in my headphones. It's very, very, very full. But uh so the production on this album is just like massive and <laughs> and and like everything has its piece and like the the keys are amazing. Like I always sort of felt like some of the keyboard parts kind of stuck out in places on, on a wire and it felt a little disjointed and it just sort of seemed like everyone was sort of soloing over each other in places. Um, and this album is a lot more like a lot of thought went into those parts, like, and everyone kind of put their own stamp on everything. So like it, it all gels much more cohesively, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, anyway, so, uh track three i believe is never be alone yeah, allegedly uh, it's about rob pope's the dissolution of uh the relationship he had with his wife yes yeah um which was very helpful to me during a breakup uh it's uh it actually continues to be in heavy rotation during like breakup times in my life or if i'm sad about like losing a person uh even not to a breakup maybe it's just uh, maybe they died. Maybe yeah. they moved away. Maybe we just don't talk yeah, about it. Yeah, just a, you know? a like, faded friendship. Yeah. Yeah. That I got I got a hundred and thousand of those. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> especially especially in this industry. Mm -hmm. You meet so many people where it's like, we're best friends, right? Yeah, we're totally best friends. We hang out all the time, right? Yeah, I totally hang out all the time. Yeah, you're gonna do that collab on my album, right? Yeah, I'm totally gonna do that collab on my album, but you're gonna get me those concert tickets and you're gonna get me that gig, right? Yeah, I'm totally gonna do that. Do the collab on the album. Mm. We're talking to my friend Derek Every right here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, and uh, we have we've discussed the opening track to the Get Up Kids' 2004 record entitled Guilt Show. Lead off track is Man of Conviction. We've talked about the one you want. Never be alone. This very nicely, carefully segues into probably, I would say, my personal top two or three tracks on this record. And that's Wouldn't Believe It. So good. Jimmy, Jimmy DeWeese, James DeWeese's keyboard. It just bends and snarls in that intro. And lyric, lyrically speaking, it just, you know, I, I, I love the fact that they included a kettle whistle yelling while yeah. there's all this sort of chaos and disruption that's you know that's happening in these characters lives i just think that's super cool mm -hmm. i actually like dialed in on how to how to like play everything on that on a guitar like on an acoustic guitar because like i've covered this whole oh, album before yeah. um and playing that intro on acoustic guitar you just have to like dig <laughs> super hard <laughs> um to the point where like you break your neck it's nice yeah uh but that the 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 chorus on this one is like just so good. <laughs> Do you have a favorite yeah. line in this in this particular song? Uh, probably, yeah. uh, probably the uh, the second verse. Um, can you really keep a secret? Yeah, cross your heart and hope yeah. to die. Yeah, mm -hmm. maybe even maybe an evil one. The mind is all but gone. Mm. The little tag at the end of that that. Is my favorite. Trespass fits you like a charm, a scarlet letter yeah, on your arm. Exactly. Yeah, that that for some reason in my head, just I, I again, these two pieces might be completely unrelated, but my mind immediately goes to 1999, something to write home about by the Get Up Kids, and that the track I'm thinking of is Red Letter Day. Yeah. I don't know if they they may be pieces that were written at a completely different 
time or moments in their in in that character's life. But I don't know. My mind goes right there. It goes to something to write home about. Like this is the this is kind of just a you know an appendage, if you will, to that song. Oh yeah, yeah. Isn't there uh, something about that song? Um, it's like it's like about. Uh... Are you talking about Red Letter Day? Or are you talking about Wouldn't Believe It? Wouldn't believe it. Mm. It's not coming to mind right now. But what's really interesting about this track is that when you listen to the outro, it just kind of wanders into this sort of 60-second jazz instrumental. And then it gives way right into Holy Roman, which sounds, at that moment in time, sounded like one of the more politically charged songs that I had personally heard from the Get Up Kids. It was a little bit more transparent in that way. Mm -hmm. Trudging through the mud, had a sort of downtrodden yet kind of like marching band sort of tempo to, to that song. Yeah. It yeah. Was very, it's very like, um, what's the, uh, metronomic. It's mm-hmm. very, uh, just that the pulse, just that bump, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like so good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's gotta be a Ryan Rob thing. Ryan and Rob, like, mostly crafted a lot of these i i really feel like this this is like their record mm-hmm. um good on them <laughs> good on them it's it's not you know you don't you don't hear it so often anymore maybe you do maybe you don't but you know ryan and rob pope are brothers so there is that genetic chemistry in a band that's always you know really fun to listen to Ryan Pope, interestingly enough, uh, amazing drummer, mm-hmm. uh, plays, um, uh, uh, is left-handed, plays left-handed, but plays a right-handed kit left-handed. So he plays open. Um, so his playing style is very unique yeah. and, uh, he's very fun to watch. And, uh, Rob is one of the most underappreciated bass players in the music business. He's as a, as a working bass player myself, he is phenomenal. His tone is perfect on everything his playing is precision it's clockwork it's amazing he's so good so so good and and him him and ryan together like there's some magic when you really let them do their thing like they come up with really cool shit like they just i think they like they took demos from matt and just built beats around it basically yeah like and just like constructed these cool like foundations for the songs to sit on. And then everything else gets added like texturally um, during production or at least maybe pre-production or actual production. But like as far as the recording process, like that's definitely how they did it. Cause I was watching the videos on their website yeah. <laughs> of like them doing like drum day and them doing like this stuff. And, and I was just like, yeah, I can't wait for this record guys. Yeah. Like, come on, get a kid. Nice. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, Holy Roman is amazing. Yeah. Martyr me. Martyr me. That's a song that Deweese really, really shines on throughout this record. It just, his, yeah. his, his keyboard, they just, it, flourishes it swells it just it, it is the lead instrument on this particular track that one of my favorite lines is case of my crime it's a lack of my time it's a roadblock need a catharsis there's you know it's yeah. heavy it is and like as as like uh at the time as a you know 18 year old um 
like who who really felt like abandoned and lost and you know like this this hit perfectly with me like this resonated um almost as much as saves the days in reverie resonated with me because i used to also like to do substances like narcotics and that album is trippy um mm-hmm. uh can we talk about saves the day in reverie sometime Some, yeah like, sometime yeah cool. yeah in, in duly noted reverie. yeah also thank you guys so much for for listening uh at this point i just want to thank everyone for tuning in yeah. so far yeah you guys are great um so should we keep talking about how martyr me is amazing and has one of the catchiest courses ever Please, or... that's why we're here yeah okay. so i used to play this song at like open mics and stuff and people used to be like who was that and i'd be like it's the get up kids and they'd be like who or they'd be like no way um which which is evidence to me of how many people slept on this record yeah. um especially probably because of on a wire which sucks but not, not the album like that situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sucks, but here we are and you know they are they are definitely fine yeah. <laughs> like, they're they're all fine <laughs> everyone's good everyone got through this but like it's it's so weird to me that like I mean, what are we on now? Like track six, we're at like the almost halfway we're, point. This is what thirteen tracks, fourteen. Count the Japanese. Yeah, if we're if we're talking about some B sides and whatnot, which we oh, very man. well could, you know, we we're, we're going to get to. I'm sure, like a man possessed, which was Probably which was good. featured on a compilation disc of unreleased material by other punk bands, and I believe that compilation disc was called Another Year on the Streets, Volume Three. But before we head towards like a man possessed, we are on martyr me yes um so catchiest chorus ever uh for those of you playing at home uh i believe it goes from a one to a three to a six to a four and it's a it's the one three six four classic pop chord change uh very very pretty um when when a when a good melody is on top of it and this has a very good melody with some very good lyrics uh very simple tonight if you're awake at all um so good uh and the bridge is one of my favorite bridges that they've ever written it's so like spaced out and it's it really relieves the tension of the song and then it adds more tension with like these weird like i forget what the chords are but it's like this little this little climb that's like it's like a four to like a major two to like a back to a four and then like another major two to like a seven like a five seven or something and it's so like and then and then it and then it drops acoustic Course. yeah they yeah yeah absolutely and then they they built some sounds around those pieces where you hear kind of a, a din of a crowded party in the background the clinking of glasses there's there's something going yeah. on there that's you know that's not sinister it's just something you know where people are congregating yeah, people are busy but you know there's there's some there's something underpinning here what is it there's a lot of angst there's a lot of frustration there's a lot of disguise Ooh. Very well. There's a lot of there's a lot of disguise here. Every unsuspecting yeah. scene when we're supposed to make believe. That's just a 
it feels like a good complement with the din of sounds happening. Yeah, so the the clinkiness in the background is like really cool. It's one of my favorite things to do with audio just in general. Just I just it's it's uh do you know what that's called in in pictures like in movies and and no, films when they when they record sound effects of people like walking, people clinking glasses, chopping things, shooting someone, that kind of stuff. All that yeah, after yeah, what's, sound yeah, what's the slang? It's called fo- Foley. What's it called? F Foley, F O L E Y, Foley. Okay. Um, or Folly, but Foley. Huh. Uh, I think Folly. Folly would have two L's, correct? Correct. Uh, Foley. Yeah. Um, and uh, it is. Uh, there are people who who used to do that back in the day. They still do it now. Um, anytime you see a movie, like, and anyone does anything, like takes a bite out of a carrot, or like shoot someone or chop someone's head off or takes a footstep or does anything. Like literally all movies are like for the most part silent. <laughs> and like if if there is dialogue happening like and it's not on a closed set and they can't close mic it out of frame, they just film the actors doing the motions and it doesn't matter how the line delivery really sounds and then they just ADR it. Um, so most of the times when you're shooting, when you're shooting a movie, you're, if you're acting in it, you are, you're in rehearsal doing the scenes and then you shoot the scenes and then you go back into the studio and you react the scenes, but into a microphone while you're watching yourself do it. Um, and you just do it over and over and over again until you get it right. Um, and then a, a, a Foley artist takes all of the cues and adds all of the effects. And if, you know, if you're stabbing someone in the chest, they'll take a cabbage and stab it with a knife and into, into a microphone and stuff like that. Um, so there's a little, there's a little, uh, knowledge for you. So they added a little bit of Foley to the track, just a little textury backgroundy thing. People at a party or, little sound effect here or there. It's great. Uh, Green Day did a really, really funny one where they basically, I don't know if it was Mike or Trey or who or Billy, but they put a bunch of shit in the studio and like set off an alarm clock and just had him, one of them, bash it to death with a baseball bat. And there was also a table of stuff. And it's to open this song called Desensitized, which was a Nimrod oh, yeah. uh, B-side um yeah later later yeah, later shut up on shenanigans i believe yes yeah. um but, but i had it from uh the japanese import of nimrod nice. um which i got uh on ebay <laughs> uh in like 1999 like when ebay was new <laughs> uh we are both we are both idiots mm-hmm. um and uh yeah so and if you are a fan of Green Day, you know that that's not offensive. And if you are not a fan of Green Day, uh, you're probably you're probably fine too. I don't know. I try not. To yeah, we're stuff. we're talking to uh, my friend Derek Eifer here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, and uh, we just talked about a track called "Martyr Me" off of the Get Up Kids' Guilt Show. Well, Leading into my favorite song on the whole how record. How long is too long? With one with one other exception, which I'll, every song is my favorite, but this song is actually my favorite upbeat song on this record, and then I have a favorite not so upbeat song on the record. But this song, track seven, this reminds me a lot. This 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 takes me to 
their four minute mile days on doghouse for some reason. Yeah. A little man. bit. It's, it's got that edge to it. Don't you know, but it's a lot yeah. more, it's a lot more polished, but it's, but it's aggressive. And oh. like, it has that, that's that teeth, yeah. you know, of course you yeah, don't. Of course you don't. <laughs> yeah. It's real. It's just, it's, it's snide. It's, it's in, it's in your it face. Is. Sardonic yeah. music is, is, is my, that's, that's my wheelhouse. Man. How um, long is too long when you're waiting by the phone? Right. That's, I mean, that's heavy. That's that, mm-hmm. that really just boils it all down right there. A whole well of emotions. <sighs> Seriously. So yeah. good. And, th- and then we, and then this song goes into one of the best instrumentation wise oh. bridges. It goes into yeah, like dreamy washed out guitars. Yeah. 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 Man. It's like, it's like minor six and like, it's so like it, obviously it has to go there, but it's like perfect yeah. when it gets there and everything. And, and again, acoustic chorus. Yeah. No. How long is too long? The, the bridge, uh is is amazing and then it goes uh, like acoustic yeah. again just like just like on martyr me it's almost the same structure but like entirely different tempo entirely different subject matter entirely different key entirely different everything but it's like the same pop principles and that's why it's like cohesively like it works with the record and putting them back to back like you really don't even notice that it's the same song structure which is kind of risky and why i appreciate it because as a you know as a producer i wouldn't do that i wouldn't put two songs that have the exact same structure mm-hmm. back to back especially in the middle of the album and yet it's 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 almost the perfect a side b side that you don't even think about like when you're listening to it on a cd or on itunes or on spotify or whatever wherever you get your music mm-hmm. now you don't have that experience of a side a and a side b and 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 I'm and I'm ninety percent sure I don't know this for a fact because the latter half of the album is 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 long. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's got a six six minute song. It's got a five minute yeah. song. It's got a couple of couple of like solid threes. Yeah. you know the first half the first half of the record has got like a two and like a one and like a you know a couple like another you know it's it's they're all relatively short compared to the back half. The back half is just loaded with epics, mm-hmm. just so many epics. But I I love the sequencing. And anyway, uh, how long how long is too long? Has that same kind of acousticy thing, and then another just ripping chorus, which then just drops you right into sick in her skin. Yes. Let's talk about this incredibly weird song. Yeah. It just winds and winds and winds. I, I think I think <sighs> that I think there might be at least. Oh boy, it kind of reminds me of the cure in the fact in the way that you don't, you know, hear Robert Smith's vocal until about that minute and twenty, minute and thirty mark on the song. Oh, totally, you know what I mean? Totally, just, totally. Yeah, it's just sort of like you're just going along on this windy road. And, you know, you hear it in you hear it in, you know, the various guitar licks that I yeah, I feel like this might be Jim Suttick's guitar kind of taking us on that odyssey. And then Jim's James DeWeese is finding the spots all he's, over like, the he's, place. Yeah. he's, he's all, all over the place, place. he's all over the place it's just it's his it, it song's absolutely bananas derek the song the song starts with like it's it's a lot of layered keys and synth and like there's not a lot of guitar happening until like the drums yeah. really come in um and it's 
and the whole thing just kind of does this and it's got this sort of like kind of backbeaty thing going on and it's like it has this weird sort of like like dancey yeah. kind of I think I think this it. was a forerunner to what went on simple science 5 years later. I think yeah. this was the, the launch this pad. Whole, simple science is just is just sick in her skin and and uh is there a way yeah. out like stretched out over and yeah. out. <laughs> we're, uh, we're talking about Fred Derek Ivory here on cover to cover <laughs> with Matt Tarka and uh we are specifically on. talking about the Get Up Kids is 2004 record called Guilt Show, and we're making our way through here. We've covered a lot up through Sick in Her Skin. Sick in Her Skin leads us to In Your Sea. Which is uh, the best piano yeah, intro Staccato, yeah. It's so good. Um Again, like I, I don't know if it was on their website or if it was like extras on the album or if they had like bonus content. Like you know when you put like a CD in a mm-hmm. computer, like a CD oh, yeah. extra. I don't know if it was that. I don't remember specifically because it's my computer hasn't had a disc drive in five years. Um, so I, but I saw a video of James like doing that over and like doing the take, doing it again, doing it again, and like really nailing that part and like it is complicated (laughs) and it's like why would you do that to yourself and and i understand why it's because he's really good (laughs) um that dude is wicked talented i don't know if you are into reggie and the full effect at all or i haven't um, given them enough attention i saw them i saw them perform with uh i think it was on a bill where matt Pryor was playing solo which which was cool their live show is is so different. Or was Matt? Or was Matt and uh, Deweese doing a duo show? Excuse me. This was. This was. Uh, it was interesting. It was at the Auto Bar in Baltimore. Yeah, Ooh. a couple years back. Um. Yeah. yeah. That's, they played that's Reggie's songs funny. and um, Get Up Kids and uh, New Amsterdam's stuff. Yeah, it was crazy. cool. We are talking to my friend Derek Avery right now on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka. We are specifically. Hello. Hi. Hi. We are talking about the Get Up Kids' 2004 offering titled Guilt Show. And we have, I believe we, we, we talked a little bit about uh, In Your Sea just now. And from In Your Sea goes to just a, a heart-pumping track called Sympathy. I don't, I, 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 I don't know what to say about this song. Um, other than... Wow, I guess. Like, I didn't expect this song from from this band, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you two things. Um, the first thing, the arrangement is weird. By which I mean, like, it's still that kind of standard pop, like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge thing. Um, but like the way that the song kicks off. Like, so there's this iTunes sessions that they did, uh, after the album came out. Um, mm-hmm. and they did, they did a few acoustic ish versions, the full band, but acoustic where Matt had an acoustic guitar and everyone else played their electric instruments. And they did a version of this song, um, that, 
I think is better than the album version somehow. And the album version is amazing, but it's, it's more sparse and all of the important parts are covered by everybody. Whereas this version is so textured and nuanced that like, I start to get a little bit of ear fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love this song. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's obvious to me that it's sympathy, but the next track, the dark night of the soul kind of picks it up again, you know, in a weird way. Uh It's like, it's like, it's like, this is the part of the journey. Like when you, when you get to sympathy, this is the part of the journey that we're like, you're, you're changing a flat tire on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. And during, uh, at the start of dark night of the soul, while you are changing that flat, you cut your thumb on your tire jack and you look down and it's bleeding and you go, ouch. Redemption is a bitch. And you, and you you suck on, and you suck on the blood coming out, coming out of your thumb. And then you start to realize that the thing that cut you wasn't your tire jack, but a hallucinogenic scorpion on the side of the desert road that you are now in. And now you are tripping <laughs> because this song <laughs> gets really weird uh-huh. in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, But like, it's not bad. It's never bad. It's always, it feels it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a warm gazpacho. It's like, this shouldn't be good. <laughs> You know, I don't know how else to, it's, it's a, it's a hodgepodge of textures and ideas and, and it, it's, it, it like sort of subverts in the, in the, in this jumpy, poundy, excessively like ever climbing crescendo of a bridge. Is there a way out? And and then there's this song. Beep boop. <laughs> it starts with beep boop. Uh-huh. And it's the best. It's this little like like kind of uh the like the strings, the strings kind of fade out, and then it goes into this like be- the bleep bloopy futuristic bossa sort of yeah. Like, yeah. and like all of a sudden you're you're transported into like the album cover you are you are now in that theater where the curtain is opening and now it feels like the show is beginning you've been on an emotional roller coaster this whole album and you're finally getting to the destination and that destination is a conversation but before you get to that conversation which is the film that you are watching this is how i imagine the album by the way the album starts and you are on a road trip. You start the car God, and you're in and the car just goes. You're just on the highway and you're zooming the one you want. You're singing along. Never be alone. You're starting to feel things. Now you're getting a little listful. Wouldn't believe it. You're starting to remember some things. Holy Roman. And then it cuts to martyr me. And it's just like sing songy jam after sing songy jam after sing songy jam. And then all of a sudden, boom, you got a tire that is flat 
And then you cut your thumb on that scorpion. And then you get those hallucinogenic juices in your body. And then it drops you on this bleep bloopy whatnot. And then you're in the theater and you're watching this movie. And it's this really sad story. And it's really relatable and it's beautiful. And then you have to have a conversation. Which brings us to track 13, the last track of the Get Up Kids 2004 album, Guilt Show. Tension is personified in this track. It really gives <laughs> way to, it reminds me a lot of Magical Mystery Tour era Beatles. Can we talk about the Beatles' influence on the Get Up Kids for a minute? Sure. Because this, this relates directly to my opinion of this song. I feel like conversation is the minor version or the answer to the response to what the call is, which is on On A Wire, that song, um, uh, 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 Don't Tell Me, Hold On, From All That I Know. I know. know. Uh Yeah. So that song, it's super catchy and is super Beatles-y. It's like super Beatles. It's like the most Beatles thing that they've ever done. It's so Beatles that I was like, is this a Beatles song? Are they covering a weird trippy Beatles song? It's got these weird, like, like, like dusky calliope noisy sounds. And like, it almost sounds like a, like a weird, like accordion, Mm. like a synthetic accordion. And like, the guitar changes are very Beatlesy with like this, this like descendy, like major, major seven, dominant seven, like kind of minor vibe. And, and it, and it, it's very Beatlesy and, and, but it's major and happy. And like, it's a song about like basically like being away and from the person that you love and like want and like knowing that when you come back, like they're going to be there and like all, you know, everything is everything is chill and everything is relative and like you know life is life is cyclical and don't worry and like this conversation is <laughs> what happens when you get home yes yes <laughs> it's angry and it's it's so it's cathartic it's 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 so good it's, so, it's such a good way to end. And it and the album ends with just like a jam. They just rock out and everything is intense. And the keys are doing this like back and mm-hmm. forth. Like, oh man. And and it's just, it's a slammer. The album like kicks and it ends perfect. And then when you restart it, it's spin it right back into guitar noises it's it's if it repeats it's perfect like <laughs> the whole album cyclically tells a weird sort of lopsided cyclical story it's like a little circle and then it spirals out like a big circle like a spiral nice. so it all comes back to the center and that's what i love about it it's perfectly crafted the sequence however they figured it out was was masterful and they were at the height of their of their evil powers at this point i feel like they honestly like they went through some shit with the last record and they and they really they like their dough was so was so fucking good but that cookie dough something to write home about cookie dough was so good eudora and four minute mile and all that stuff like those that's chocolate chips that's that's flour those are ingredients 
something to write home about is really good cookie dough that you could just eat anytime you want. It's amazing. We're talking to my friend Derek Avery here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka. And this feels like a good time to ask this question. And Derek, you sort of you sort of alluded to this a second ago. And first of all, the question goes like this. We live in a universe now where information and music can be quickly accessed in the palm of our hands or with just a click of a few buttons. And uh, even in the 21st century, artwork continues to remain a cornerstone with each newly released single or album. You mentioned the idea of watching a really sad movie play out. Is that something that is conjured up in your mind when you look at the album cover? Yes. Yes and no. It's 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 like if there is a narrative thread to the record, that's the narrative thread that I have basically put together in my head. Like as if this album were a soundtrack to anything, the album is the soundtrack to you getting in your like literally that whole story that I just said. It's you getting in your car, you fast you're thinking about all this stuff and then yada 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 and then all of a sudden like you get you're somehow at the movie theater after you had a weird acid trip and <laughs> now you're watching you're, you're or you're at the play you're at the thing and and the album cover has like it doesn't have there's no references to to theater really or to like acting or to like things being a stage or things being a movie necessarily you know and I'm not, I'm not, I don't believe on the record. Correct. Yeah, correct. Correct. So the literally it's just a It's just, it's just there. It's just the, it's the design of the album. Like they were just like, that seems, yeah, cool. Looks good. Sounds great. You know, whoever did the art, who did the art? Let's find out who did the art. Who did the artwork? Travis Millard. Travis Millard. Artwork. Travis Millard. Travis Millard. Travis Millard did the artwork. Art design. Uh, Joby J Ford. So, you know, there, there were people behind the design of the packaging. Like, I don't know if they work for the label. I don't know if they work for themselves. I don't know if they work for the cut up kids. I don't know if they've done any of the other albums, but the, the artwork totally evokes like some sort of theatrical performance. Like you're about to witness a guilt show. Interesting. What is a guilt show? What the, what does that oh, mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it- and that's, this is it. This is the guilt yeah. show. It's this. And whatever the intention was, for me, that's what it has become. It's become that journey. That's the movie that I watch when I put the DVD that is guilt show into my brain, mm-hmm. which is press play and wait. <laughs> uh, put the album on, put some headphones on, and 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 just go. Um, Incidentally, Travis Millard was involved with On a Wire's cover art. There yeah. you go. Also really yeah. cool, really cool yeah. artwork. Yeah. So familiar and that kind of thing. But like, it's just artwork, you know, on a wire kind of made sense. Cause you know, it's on a wire, walking on a wire, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just theater seats and a curtain. For sure. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's pretty basic. And like at the time, a lot of album covers were doing stuff similarly where it was just like, a pi- like everything was really stripped down. It was just like a picture and then like type font above, above like logo, mm-hmm. picture logo, you know, or font of your band, whatever it is. And, and it was very font forward and the image didn't really have to matter. And in this case, 
just from looking at the DVD or the DVD, looking at the CD cover and looking at the album cover, uh, you know, over the years, like this is the image that I have come up with. And I feel like a lot of times when people listen to records, they do apply their own sort of narrative thread to it, whether it's based on personal experience or they're literally using it to be the soundtrack to a movie in their brain. Uh, to soundtrack their own movies like you know a la james gunn etc uh quentin tarantino sure, you know? like sure. a lot of put music they love in the movies that they care about you know and and that's that's what i do with the music that i listen to it's it tells a story whether it's the story that they intend or the story that i get that's what happens in my brain and that's what the art does and that's the point of the art there is no other purpose there's just what you get out of it what the artist intended is fine but what you get out of it is just as powerful if not more powerful and in that my friend i declare art to be alchemy (laughs) derek it's been such a pleasure to chat with you today thank you so very much for coming on the program and you know, uh, dissecting this record by the Get Up Kids called Guilt Show. And, you know, it's, it's been really fun learning how this record has affected you in such a deeply profound way. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had a really good time talking about this and other records. All right. Thanks so much to Derek Every for being on with us today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you very much. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcast, whether it's Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Take a moment to tell a friend or family about our show. And feel free to drop us a line at hello at covertocoverconversations.com. If you like the program, give us a rating so we can appear higher in podcast search results. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. And we hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us today as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.